the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to the WC podcast, where we explore workforce development issues in Southern Nevada. Today's guest, our very special guest, is Valerie Mersel, who has been on our board for over a decade, has been our chairwoman, has seen us really take a long journey, and we're here to talk to her. Valerie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jaime. It's so fun to be here. It's so great to see you. I know. What do you think about our brand new uh, studio? It's gorgeous. I love the wood. I love the rustic feel of it. It's so cozy and comfortable. Good. We've made a lot of progress. We have, right? <laughs> and that's the first thing I want to ask you about, because again, as our longest serving board member, you have really seen the journey. Uh, as they would say uh, in the old days, you know where all the bones are buried. So tell us about that journey from maybe a little bit from the first day when you what you thought about the board and, you know, all the way to now. I mean, there's lots of things to talk about, but maybe I'd like to hear from you. What are your thoughts about that journey? I think it's pretty interesting because when I was uh, the senior vice president of human resources at Station Casinos, I was invited to serve on the board. Uh, at that time, it was Councilman Ross. And I said yes, and I was very excited. And when I went to the first board meeting, I was a little blown away <laughs> by the chaoticness of the board meeting. Of course, there was a different director at that time, executive director. And I think I counted last night, I've been through four different executive directors in my tenure with Workforce Connections. Wow. So I've seen uh, there were a lot of obvious issues going on over the years, particularly let's start with the board members. It appeared to me a lot of the board members had secondary agendas. I want to be on the board, but I also want something to happen in the community for my nonprofit, my uh, business. So it there was not a lot of strategy that's a word that I reflect on. There was just flying by the seat of our pants. And as the board executive directors have changed over, I think I've been on the board now 15 years, have changed over the years. Now we're at a point where we have creative thinking and progressiveness and strategy and policies and procedures and as a human resource executive, you know, we're very much into policies and procedures and compliance. Well, we're, we're happy that, that, that you came along that journey, Valerie, because again, during those years as a board and you as the chair, and then the Leos too, had to make difficult decisions to get us here, as you know, to solve some of the problems. And, and they were difficult um, times, if you will. But I think, uh, as always, Time really reveals if they were correct decisions or not. And the fact that we, uh, the work that we're producing, uh, the the national recognition we received last year from the National Association of Workforce Boards, who would have thought that we were the one out of 550 boards to receive the award for best aligning workforce development to economic development in our region. But again, I think uh, when you look at the tough times, it makes it worth it. But what is your, what are your thoughts on the, on that having to make difficult decisions sometimes is necessary to obtain the success that we have now. Yes, as the board chair, it was always difficult to lead 30 different board members from all different occupations and backgrounds and satisfy the community and work with the partners. So you have a lot of pods of people that you're trying to satisfy, but yet walk down the line of, I always said we need to keep it neutral 
and we never need to lose sight of our mission. And our mission is to serve the community and help all peoples get a job and or get trained. And we couldn't lose sight of that purpose and that mission. We needed to become more creative. We needed to think outside the box. We needed to not have favorites. And we certainly needed not to worry about the partners who were using Workforce Connection, in my opinion, to fund themselves. And without our funding, they would go out of business. And I remember many board meetings over many years where that became a contentious uh, discussion because it was felt by some that we needed to keep certain nonprofits running And I remember in those board meetings saying that is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to give money to the appropriate partners so that they can train and help people get jobs in the community, and they need to know how to run their finances separate from us. And that is not our responsibility. And that was obviously a very controversial statement and discussions over time. But my goal was to get everybody to recognize it's not about the nonprofit. It's about the human being who is unemployed, whether it be a youth or high-risk person, an adult, whomever it is, and we need to have the resources and services available. And whichever nonprofit can provide the best services deserves to be awarded the money and they need to be compliant. And that was always another issue that we faced is, um, I know in previous speakers, uh, I know Jack mentioned the pink slips, and that used to be a joke, but it was serious. Uh, There were certain compliance requirements that everyone had to uphold. And oftentimes I found at board meetings, we were always having to challenge certain nonprofits who weren't meeting the criteria uh, expected. And that is not how it works with federal funding. So learning, uh, that was another side to my involvement with the board initially was understanding how the federal government works and all the hoops and steps you have to go through to distribute the money and, and hold people accountable and produce the results. So people just think, oh, we got all this money. Let's just dole it out into the community and let's see what happens. But it's not that way. It's, it's micromanaged. And the staff of Workforce Connections was also critical in the success of this process. So through the journey, we were not only addressing the board and the nonprofits, our partners, but we were also addressing the Workforce Connection staff members and their roles and responsibilities. That's right. And I like how you, you framed it, Valerie, that, that we are but stewards of, of these efforts. We, the taxpayer money, yes, pays the salaries of the staff here and, the, like you said, the organizations that provide the services and the one-stops. But the most important thing is that customer, that job seeker that needs a job, but also that employer that needs that job seeker. So we've been grateful as as a staff that you have been 
not only a voice of business, you're a uh, businesswoman, but also always a strong voice, no nonsense, right? And so <laughs> yes. in, in your words, tell us why it's important for business and a business uh, person to be present in these conversations about how the taxpayer money is, is used. Well, we can sit in boardrooms or in conference rooms and imagine what people want or need in business, but you really don't know unless you invite them to the table and have them in the discussions and understand what the needs are. I spent my 23 years in gaming, so obviously, and recruitment and hiring and training, so obviously have expertise in that area of what a large corporation or even small companies, what they need in people. And it isn't just about mechanical movements. It's particularly in Las Vegas and the state of Nevada, you know, guest service, guest hospitality. How do we keep them coming back? So there's a whole nother component of training in our state that might be different in more of a manufacturing state or different states. So the services that businesses require, it behooves us to bring those businesses to the table and ask the hard questions and listen to them and not go down this narrow path of what we think we should be training or doing, but what they need in order for us to employ uh, the people that need jobs. I mean, it makes no sense for us to say, oh, this is a great idea. Why don't we do that? And it has nothing to do with anything. And it won't help the person get a job. And I think it's critical without the players at the table, you won't progress and move forward. And what it used to be 25 years ago when I came to Nevada as compared to today is quite different. So again, we have it's an ongoing process. It isn't limited to, oh yeah, 15 years ago, we talked to the businesses and now we'll just go with that. Now businesses are completely different again. One of the things that I appreciated the most about you, Valerie, that when you were uh, at Stations Casinos, you used our system, you hired our participants. And so there's no better way for a board member to, to drive our, our, our decisions when they're actually using the product. And so, but there's other ways that board members can bring resources to the table. What do you think are, are those some ways that board members can really bring value as, uh, as members of Workforce Connections? I think when we invite people to serve on the board and the LEOs approve that person, it's for a variety of reasons. I mean, obviously, educational background, experience, exposure to our community, and owning their own business or working in the academic field, uh, whatever their forte is, Dieter. I mean, I think collaboratively, we all need to join our minds together and everybody brings something different and we need to be respectful and we need to understand and appreciate different people's points of views. And I think that was one of my mantras is that, you know, everybody's ideas are good and let's listen to everyone and then let's pick the best of everything. And the staff, particularly under your direction, has broadened the mindset of Workforce Connection. And obviously this led to us winning that award nationally. And that was the greatest to me during my tenure as the chair. That was the greatest thing that could have ever happened is we finally have all our T's crossed and our I's dotted. And now we're in more of the mode of being creative and progressive versus compliant 
and transactional and policies and procedures. So we're way beyond that. And I think a lot of the other chapters in this, in the country can learn from us and they recognize that. I know they reach out. I know you've traveled to two different uh, locations. And I think it's, it's collaborativeness beyond Las Vegas and beyond Nevada. And it's in America, which how great is that, that we could help teach the rest of the country how to do it right. And plus we learn from them, whatever good ideas they have. So um, I think it's it's just become a wonderful experience to be at Workforce Connections and be on the board. <laughs> well, Valerie, again, I don't think there's anybody that has seen the whole picture like you have, how the, the entire journey, and like you said, we have things like um, now for five or six years in a row, we have an impeccable fiscal audit yes. every year. And I know the first time we got <laughs> it, it was such a celebration. And so I love how you captured it, that we've gone beyond just doing what we're supposed to be doing well, compliant, getting you know, great fiscal reviews, being great stewards of the taxpayer's dollars. But we are really now doing things we probably wouldn't have imagined. Who would imagine we were going to have our own podcast? But so again, thank you for being on that journey for us, uh, with us, uh, and being with us along all those things we've accomplished together through your leadership as a chair. Is there something that you would like to see us accomplish in the future as you, uh, as we move into 2022 and beyond? Is there a certain initiative that you would like for us to uh, focus on? Well, I think some things currently that are fabulous, and I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up all the libraries and our one stops. You know, I think that was such a creative, ingenious way to stretch the dollar, uh, lo be located in the zip codes that would serve all people all over the community. To me, that was one of the greatest ideas that you and your team put together and executed. You know, it's one thing to come up with uh, ideas. It's another thing to make them happy or to implement, to implement the idea. Uh, secondly, so the one stops to me were critical to our success and exposure because we used to struggle a lot with marketing. And I know that our marketing and being out there in the community has grown unbelievably. And I particularly want to mention, you know, being involved with the chamber, the Las Vegas chamber and Mary Beth. I mean, that is another example of an amazing partnership that has given exposure to what? All the businesses in Las Vegas. I mean, right there in front of us, but who would have thought that? And I think when you went to the conference in Washington, D.C., I don't think anybody else had done that with their chambers. That's a huge, it's like right in front of you. Like, why wouldn't you do that? They're businesses and they can attract all these folks. And we have all these people that want jobs. So that was absolutely an amazing relationship. So I think those two things, the libraries and the one stop and the relationship with the chamber, I think it's about obviously relationships with people in the community. I still think there's more opportunity with bigger businesses in town, big corporations to get a better understanding and uh, when there's openings to really use our resources and services where we actually go on site and we're there with them at openings. I would like to see, I know there's, I think it's Fountain Blue is going to open, I don't know when, but that would be an example of why can't we have a one-stop there? Why can't we work in tandem with the recruitment process 
there and get all different folks uh, employed simultaneously with whatever their systems are. I think there's opportunity for that to partner with the existing systems of corporations and work side by side. And I think big corporations need to witness how it works rather than just be spoken to. I think if you work side by side, and because I had the advantage of being on the board and I knew how the system worked, it was easy for me to bring it into station casinos. But if you're not on the board and you're an employer, you don't, maybe you don't totally understand the connectivity that you could have. And so one stops with big corporations when there is some growth. I know Station Casinos is building a casino up on Durango. And so there's another opportunity. What could we do to partner with them to be on site to help the process? And I don't even know, are there still targeted job tax credit monies out there? You know, that might be, you know, that might be something too that would attract the corporation. So that's something I would like to see. Um, and I think a lot of the board members with who we have on the our board, the superintendent of schools and the president of CSN and um, Dieter and all these great people now, <laughs> just tapping into everyone and asking that question. If you could have a wish or a dream, what would you like to see us doing to partner with you collaboratively to achieve success? Something outside of what we're already doing, because there's there's people have a million ideas. I know in business, we have so many ideas and really probably less than 5% of them ever become real. And so it's probably the same. We have all these board members and I'm sure someone has a personal opinion like, gee, if we could just do this, you know, and I really like, I should mention the construction business and all of their apprenticeship programs, the fact that we have them on our board. And I know I'm building a home right now and it is at a standstill because there are no frame workers in town and the project has completely stopped. And this is not, uh, this is just systemic in the whole country, but that's an example. And I wonder like, why are there no framers? <laughs> what do we need to do to get some framers? <laughs> and so there's always opportunities. We just have to, you know, have that discussion um, and understand that. Like I would come to the table, ironically bringing that up. No one would expect me to be bringing up some kind of construction need, but there it is. And so maybe there's opportunities for people to learn how to be a framer and, you know, help these smaller companies that are building homes. So there's so much. Yes. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you decided to uh, stay with us, even, um, you know, leaving station casinos, because I love those ideas. We're going to follow up with you. We still have obviously work to do together. I'm grateful that you're going to be a part of our, our journey moving forward. And so I want to thank you for all those years of service and leadership you've given us and for those you're still going to give us already in advance. So thank you for coming and joining us today in the podcast. It's my pleasure and anything I can do. And I have a lot of time on my hands now. So it's, it's more fun. It's relaxing. And quite frankly, it enables me to deep, deep 
dig, thinking beyond what I might have when I was always rushing because I was working so much. So now I can really sit back and be more analytical about what's going on in our community because I'm living in the community and in a much more relaxed environment. So thank you for, it's an honor for me to continue being on the Workforce Connection Board and working with so many fabulous LEOs and the board members themselves. And I have to put a shout out there for the staff. I mean, your staff and what you've done in hiring, meticulously hiring, keeping the expense of the administrative part of this, that money that you've saved over the years by your selection process, the elimination of unnecessary positions that, you know, might have been thought to be important but really weren't, and creating a team that can better achieve the results we need with spending less money. And of course, that money just goes back into the community. So you have done an excellent job, and I love working with you and, you know, Friends forever. <laughs> Friends forever. I love that. Thank you, Valerie. We appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you. And that's it for another episode of the WC Podcast. We hope to see you at a future one. Until then, stay safe.